So apologies up front. Uh, a little bit of sore throat. Didn't sleep all that great last night, but it's Mother's Day and it's a great day. And uh, speaking of Mother's Day, I don't know if you've ever heard of a woman named Anna Jarvis. Uh, Anna Jarvis is instrumental in why we celebrate Mother's Day in America. In 1905, her mother passed away and it just devastated her. I mean, it was she was really close to her mom and and she just it just just changed her life. And so. Two years later, still driven by the loss of her mother, she began a campaign to honor her mother at her church and all mothers. And so that year they had a Mother's Day service at her church. Um, in 1908, excuse me, the next year. By 1910, 45 states were doing uh, Mother's Day. In 1914, Congress passed a declaration that the second Sunday of May would be set aside as Mother's Day. And so that in our country, we trace our roots on Mother's Day back to a, a mother who made such an impact in a, in a lady's life that she made a, she just wanted to honor her mother and all mothers. And because of that, we celebrate Mother's Day. Now, I think the, our roots to Mother's Day go much further back, though. I think we can trace our roots back to Mother's Day back to the time of Jesus. I think that we, Jesus shows us how important moms are uh, when he was on the cross. Now, when Jesus was on the cross, he made seven statements. Six of them, six of them were about fulfilling prophecy, were about um, salvation, were about forgiveness, were about, you know, all these things that matter to us today in our walk with him. But one of the statements he made was deeply personal. One of the st seven statements that Jesus made had nothing to do with heaven or hell, had nothing to do with being saved or being lost, had nothing to do with fulfilling prophecy, yet Jesus, in the time of his greatest pain, after being humiliated and beaten beyond human recognition, took a moment to make sure his mother was taken care of. And it's so important that it's recorded in, God in John's gospel, and, and in John's gospel we see these words. Standing near the cross were Jesus' mother, uh, his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clophus, and Mary Magdalene. Now, I'm just going to give, give you a heads up. There are a lot of women named Mary in the Bible, and it gets really confusing. We just, Howard and I just had a conversation about this uh, just an hour ago. There are, it's a lot of confusion about Mary this and Mary that. Mary, the wife of Clophus, has a couple of different, uh, goes by a couple of different names in the Bible. Um, so here's what you need to know. Jesus' mother... And Mary, the mother of James the Last, who was a disciple, who was Jesus' cousin, one of his cousins who was a disciple, and Mary Magdalene. And they're all at the cross. Verse 26, when Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, which, by the way, John wrote that, so that's kind of cool. He said to her, dear woman, here's your son. Verse 27, and he said to this disciple, here's your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. So what strikes me about this is pretty interesting. First of all, Joseph is obviously is died because if Joseph was alive, this would be a moot point. The other thing that's interesting is Joseph, Jesus has half-brothers, one of which James will become a leader in the Jerusalem church. But Jesus trusts taking care of his mother to John, who was also his cousin, which would mean was her nephew. So there's something about John 
that Jesus said, you need to take care of my mother. And there's some couple of hints. Um, he didn't ask Peter, but Peter would have his hands full with all kinds of things going on down the road. Uh, he didn't ask James. He could have asked James, but James would be dead soon, and he didn't know that, but Jesus knew that was going to happen. But for some reason, he chose John. But what's not what's, it's not important that he chose John. Here's what's important. On the cross, Jesus took a minute to make sure his mother was taken care of. So for all of us who, and I say all of us, I mean all of me, who are too busy to wait for mom and too busy for that, and too, you know, I, I need to call or I need to check on her, but I just got all this stuff going on. I don't know if that's your story, but I, I, that's my story a lot. You know, I, I need to check on my mom, but I mean, I just got all these things going on. I'm juggling and I'm busy and I feel like I'm burning the candle at both ends. You know, just all these things that are happening. So for every one of us who's ever said, I should check on my mom, but I should take care of my mom, but consider this. On the cross, Jesus took a minute to take care of his mom. And so for the rest of us, whatever excuse we have for not taking care of our mom, it falls pretty flat. On the cross, Jesus took care of his mom. And he gave it this task to John, right? And so what are some lessons that we can learn? So that's what we're going to talk about for our time together. The lessons we can learn from Jesus. The lessons we can learn about Mother's Day. Because here's what I'm told you. I mentioned this earlier that there's nothing on this planet fiercer than a mother's love. And I believe that. But there's something greater than a mother's love. And that's God. And God is greater than even a mother's love. And when we say stuff like that, we go, yeah, but, but man, my mom, she does this, or she loves this way, or she's done this, or she sacrificed this. One of the things that kills me, and I'm, I'm, I'm borderline pet peeve and soapbox, so I'll be really careful here. One of the lines that kills me is when I hear people talk about how much they sacrifice for their kids. Well, I sacrificed for my kids and I did this as if they're trying to get something out of it or as if they're trying to pat themselves on the back. Well, I gave up this for you and I gave up this for you and I gave up this for you and I did this and I did it. Let me tell you something. No, you didn't. Jesus sacrificed everything for us. We, we made our lives a little inconvenient for our kids. And that's what moms do and dads do and people do all the time. Jesus sacrificed everything for us. So as fierce as a mother's love is, God's love is greater. Because he truly gave everything for us. And so as we celebrate Mother's Day and the greatness of God, what are some ways we can demonstrate the greatness of God and at the same time show our mom we appreciate her? So we're going to talk about some really practical things. There is nothing here that's going to be you've never heard before. Uh, and if so, we'll talk, all right? But here's the first thing. It's very obvious. Tell your mother that you love her. Say the words. Now, you know, I, I hear this a lot, too, with people. They go, you know, I'm not, I'm not so good with the words. Now, when you start a sentence, I'm not so good with the words, I would tend to agree with you. You're not so good with the words, all right? Um, and, and my mom, she knows how I feel. My mom knows how I feel. My mom knows I love her. My mom knows I care. My mom knows I'd do anything for her. Really, when's the last time you told her? Well, I don't really have to tell her. Because I'm just not really good at that. So if that's you, here's what I'm asking you. Get good at that. Get good at that. 
because moms like to hear, I love you. For the longest time, for the longest time, and I'm a, there's lots of things I'm going to admit today that I'm ashamed of, okay? For the longest time, when I talked to my mom, I never said I love you. It's not because I didn't love her. I just, it just, talk to you later, okay, bye. All right, we'll see you, okay. We'll let you know we're home, okay, bye. I did it for the longest time. So one day I figured out my mom needs to hear me say I love her. You know what it took for that to happen? My dad dying. Pretty sad, just being honest. That's what it took for me. My dad passing away for me to figure out my mom needs to hear me say I love her. So now I tell her all the time. All the time. My mom, if she didn't know before, she knows now. Okay? Sometimes you have to say the words. Jesus said some pretty important words on the cross, and they were an expression of love to his mother. He didn't say, hey, mom, it's going to be tough, but I'll be all right. He said, you take care of her. That is your mother. This is your son. That's how it's going to be moving forward. That was an expression of love to, to his mother. So you need to say things like, I love you, thank you, I appreciate you, thank you for putting up with me, thank you for, you know, for giving up so much for me. And sometimes the best way to say thank you is just say, I love you. Just to, just to say, I love you. So we have this thing in, in our house that, that we, Crystal started doing it. And we write, and some of you probably do this, and it's nothing, you know, earth science or, you know, shattering or anything. But when we type something, we always put the little numbers one, four, three, which means I love you. That's, she started doing that. And, and so that's what we do. All right? We do that all the time now. And some people say, well, that's lazy. And I go, no, it's an expression of love to my wife and vice versa. And it's better to be a little lazy than to do nothing at all. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. So sometimes you got to say the words out loud. Everyone likes to know they're loved, right? Everyone needs to know they're appreciated. Sometimes you got to say the words out loud. But if the words, but if you're, and some people are really good at saying the words or really bad at showing it. And that doesn't work either. So here's the second thing we're going to talk about. We need to communicate love with our actions and our attitude. We need to communicate that we love our moms with our actions and our attitude. Because that's what Jesus did for us, right? I mean, the cross is a communication of love for us. And not just in the words he said and, the, and what he spoke. But, I mean, he gave everything for us. His actions, his attitude. He gave everything. He expressed love to us. Now, I used to have an eight-mile drive home from church every Wednesday night, and so I'd call my mom. And, and we just talk, which means I listen and she talks. That's kind of how we roll. Okay? My brother's here. It might be different for them. I don't know. But the way we roll is she talks a lot and I listen a lot. And when she tells me something the seventh time, I'd go, you know, I'm really tired of hearing that. I should let her keep telling me. It, it's okay. So now this is what I do. And this is what I've done for years. When I have to drive somewhere that's more than 20 minutes, I call my mom. Bluetooth is an amazing thing in a car. Because I can drive and I can talk and I can listen. And the honest truth is what I've learned is on those 20-minute drives to Statesboro or an hour to Savannah or Augusta, wherever I have to go, she likes the fact that I call. She likes the fact that I just listen. She doesn't ask me to solve her problems. 
I've learned to stop doing that. I'm working on it anyway. But you know what? That's an expression. I could tell her I loved her all day long, but when I just listen to her for 20 minutes or for an hour or however long she wants to talk, that's an expression of love. John says it this way in 1 John. Dear children, let us not merely say we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth so we will be confident when we stand before God. In other words, John says it's not just enough to say the words. It's not just enough to say the right things. It's not just enough to say you love one another. You've got to do something. In just a little bit, we're going to celebrate communion. We do it every Sunday morning. We do it every Wednesday night when we gather. This is an expression of love. This is an expression of God's love for us and sending Jesus to the world. It's an expression of Jesus' love for us and giving his life for us. And it's an expression of our love for him when we partake. That's why we do it every week. Not because the Bible says we have to, because we get to. You understand there's nowhere in the Bible where it says you have to do this every week. Nowhere. But we get to, and we do. Because it's an expression of love to the one who gave everything for us. Now, my wife sometimes likes it when I go shopping with her, and sometimes she doesn't. This is, this is the rules. If it's date night, and we're just going somewhere, I'll go wherever she wants to go, and I'm a good trooper. And uh, the cell phone is a beautiful invention because you can play games and you get bored, you know, stuff like that. Um, my wife doesn't like me hanging around with her in stores because when I hang, I hover. When I hover, I get impatient. When I get impatient, it's time to go. When it's time to go, that doesn't go well. I don't usually win those. My wife hates shopping with me when she says, I'm going to the stores. Is this a date? Nope, I'll see you. She doesn't say, hey, you want to go with me to Target or wherever. Or the, she'll say, hey, I'm going to. You want me to go? Nope. You know why? Because my actions and my attitudes say, I'm here with you, but I really don't want to be. And so this is how I roll with this. Now, I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes. I'm not trying to cause marital problems. So, and if you start seeing some similar traits in men, we are messed up. Just go with that, okay? So for a while, I'm pretty good. And then I start following her everywhere. The more I follow, the closer I get. The closer I get, the more I'm ready to go home. Okay. Take the buggy from her is a really bad thing because it don't make her go any faster. In fact, I'm walking, looking back, and she's, I lose her a lot. My wife hates going shopping with me when my attitude says, I don't want to be with her. She hates it. So, husbands, if you're trying to figure out the deal, that's the deal. It's real simple. It's as simple as that. But she loves it when I go with her and I'm a good sport. Even when she knows I don't want to be there, but I'm just whatever. We've got to say the words, but our actions or attitude have to match our words. Because if they don't, they're meaningless. And if we do all the right things, but we don't say, express our love... It's the same. They fit together. They have to fit together. Attitude communicates love. Actions communicate love. That's what the cross is. Communicate love to us. That's why God is greater than even a mother's love. Because he communicated to us that he loves us. Now, next thing I want to talk about is this. 
Now, this is, this is the fun one. We need, to, we need to love mom with human contact. That's hugs and kisses. Now, this is, this is, I know for some people I am getting into meddling because not everybody likes that. I'm a hugger. My dad was not. My mom's kind of a hugger, but not really. Now, my mom's a card-writing machine. She writes a truckload of cards to people every week. I had to learn to be a hugger because I married one. Because Crystal Lake is a hugger. And it's either, either get with the program or, or it's going to be a tough marriage. So I got with the program. Okay. Sometimes it's not to say the words. It's not to do the right thing. Sometimes you just need to hug your mom. Sometimes you just need to hug her. My favorite site. And I saw it all weekend this past weekend. Last weekend, I mentioned earlier, uh, we were last Sunday, we were at church in Carrollton. It was Riley's first birthday party. And it was also a baby dedication for her. And I got to be a part of that. And it was really cool. And I was honored to be a part of that. But I'm going to tell you my favorite part of the weekend. It had nothing to do with that little girl. And I know that's kind of crazy, but that won't, I won't say that very often. All right. Let me tell you what I love seeing most. I love when my kids hug their mother. I love seeing my kids hug their mother. And I love when they kiss their mom. Crystal disappears into Alec. And he's a big dude. He just disappears into him. And he just squeezes and squeezes her. And I see his face and I see Brittany's face when she hugs her mom. But, and I love that. But here's what I love. I love seeing Crystal's face when her kids hug her. It's awesome. It is the best thing I've ever seen on this planet. When her kids hug her, her face lights up like nothing else. And it's different for, and it's so weird. Because it's different for both of them. It's really weird. I should start taking pictures, but then that seems a little creepy, so I don't want to do that. But, but her face for Brittany is different for Alec, but they both express love. They do. What makes it more special is our kids are four hours away now. And so... We do a lot of stuff through the phone now. But when we get together, man, they hug. They, I mean, they, my, my daughter will run past me. Now, I'm going to be fair. In full disclosure with Brittany, she hugs the dog before her mom. I'm just being honest. Okay? I'm just, it's weird, but that's just how she rolls. Um, I get a hug from my son only if he sees me first and I'm in his way to get to his mother. But usually I don't get that. Sometimes... You need to say, I love you. Sometimes you need to show you love her. Sometimes you need to touch your mom. Because that's what we want. Because mom has a thankless job. Think about it. Um, think about all the things. Mom, and there's, two, there's, there's two kinds of moms, and moms are all great. There's moms who stayed home and moms who didn't. And one's not better than the other, and one's not worse than the other. It all depends on your circumstances and your situation. Crystal stayed at home for a while when Brittany was born and then went back to work. It's just, just kind of the way it was. It's just the kind of the way we were set up at the time. But man, I mean, just think about all the things your mom does. If your mom works, think about all the things your mom does after she gets home from work. Think about things she does before she gets home from work. Just, just think about it for a second. 
Your mom has bathed you, cleaned you up, carried you around everywhere, cuddled with you, rubbed your feet and belly, gave you a finger to hold, kissed you when your face was nasty, and no other human would kiss you, but your mom did, and dad wouldn't do it. I'm just saying, mom has done all kinds of things for you. And some people go, well, I'm not really great with, with the words with my mom. I, I, you know, I, I'll tell my mom all over, but man, sometimes I don't really show it like I should. Not really a hugger. Well, I mean, why should I do all those things? And this is always, this is the question I started asking uh, my kids when I thought back about my wife. One day, um, Brittany was fussing about something. I just looked at her and said, did you survive childhood? Yeah, I said, that's not because of me. That's because your mama saved you from me. Your mama's the reason you survived childhood. Your mama's the reason I survived your childhood. Your mama loves you fierce. With that said, there's one more thing I want to talk about this morning. And that is we need to love our mothers patiently. And this, if I'm really honest, is really hard for me. It's really tough for me. I am a pretty patient person with everybody on the planet except for one person. One person I'm most impatient with. You want to guess who it is? Huh, my mom. It's weird, isn't it? I mean, I'm, a, I'm a walking contradiction. It's weird. And the really funny thing is, not funny, but it's interesting. I started telling my mom I loved her when my dad died. I became more impatient with her when my dad died. There was a trigger for both. It's really, really strange. So what I learned uh, when I watched my mom grieve is everyone grieves differently. And no one has a right to tell a grieving person when it's time to move on. Not even her boys. And I can only speak for one of us, but boy, I tell you, I tried. And sometimes I couldn't understand that my mom was going through all this stuff. And I'm like, well, we've all, we're, the rest of us are moving on. Well, I mean, I, and she just seemed like she didn't want to move. She seemed like she's stuck. She wasn't stuck. She was just moving her pace. Took me a while to figure it out, but we figure it out eventually. And I, and, I, and I started, and then one day it clicked with me. And the day it clicked me was the day that I started, I looked at things differently. And this is what clicked with me. I lost my dad. I lost my hero. She lost her life partner. It is not remotely close to being the same thing. She lost the person who spent more time with her than anybody on the planet. She lost the person who loved her more than anyone on the planet, not even Jesus. She lost a person she loved more than anybody in the planet, not named Jesus. And when I figured that out on one of my long drives one day, I was pretty shamed. You know, I, as, here's, here's as old, the older I get, this is what I've learned. We all go through stuff. I mean, we all, we all go through stuff. We all have good days. We have bad days. I've had some great days. I've had some terrible days. Just like you just like my wife, just like my daughter-in-law, just like my mom. The thing is, when mom has a bad day, and there's little ones, she's got to stick it to the side and, and take care of her family because that's what moms do. It's just what they do. And I know you're thinking not every mom does, and that's true. But most of them do. The good ones do. It's what, it's what they do. Your mom might be going through something that you have no idea. 
She might be struggling with something, you have, and you have no idea what it is. But your mom is how God brought you into the world. And if you have a terrible relationship with your mother, and you can find no other reason to honor her than that, then choose that. Because without her, you would not be here. And there are some people who have awful relationships with their mother. And there are some mothers who are awful people. Not every mom is a great human being, and that's the truth. But not every child is a great human being, and that's the truth. Writer of Proverbs uh, 31 talks about what he calls the wife of noble character. But it's, it describes a wife and a mother, and this is what he says. He's talking, he says, she, this is a wife and a mom, is clothed with strength and dignity. She laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise. She gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. I am so thankful that I have a mother who fears the Lord and a wife who fears the Lord, and a daughter-in-law who fears the Lord, and a daughter who will one day be a mom, a wife, then mom, who fears the Lord. I skip that sometimes. She knows the rules, so it's all, I'm good. We're good, she knows the rules, we're good. But I want to do, I want to close today, I want to read a letter from a mother. This is, I don't know this is person, James Dobson uh, shared this um, years and years ago on his radio show, and um, I went back and looked it up because I wanted to, I wanted to uh, have it. This is written by an 80-year-old woman on her birthday. And this is what it says. To all my children, I suppose my upcoming birthday started my thoughts along these lines. This is a good time to tell you that what I truly want are things I can never get enough of, yet they are free. I want the intangibles. I would like for you to come and sit with me and for you to be relaxed. We can talk or we can be silent. I would just like for us to be together. I use your patience when I don't hear the things you say the first time. I know how tiresome it, it, always has to, it is to always be repeating. But sometimes I must ask you to repeat. I need your patience when I think too much about the past with my slowness and my set ways. I want you to be tolerant with what the years have done to me physically. Please be understanding about my personal habits. I spill things. I lose things. I get unduly excited when I try to figure out my bank statement. I can't remember what time to take my medication or if I took it already. I take too many naps, but sometimes naps help to pass the day. Well, there you have it. Time, patience, understanding. Those are the priceless gifts that I want. Finally, in his letter to the, the Apostle Paul wrote, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I know I can too. It's a wonderful feeling to know his eye is on the sparrow and I know he cares for me. I guess being old isn't so bad after all. And I think that letter sums up what being a mom is. Gifts are nice. You are better. Mother's Day presents are really cool. Your Mother's Day presence is better. It's just, how the, it's just how it works. One day, as some of you know, you're going to be a Mother's Day and you're not going to have your mom. And that's going to be tough. 
that's going to be tough. One day there'll be a Father's Day, and you won't have your father, and that's tough. One day, maybe if your mom was not the greatest of human beings, you'll find a way to forgive her and be grateful that God put her in, in your life. Because she's, how, she's why you're here. There is no one on the planet who loves more fiercely than a mother. And that's the absolute truth. But there's one whose love is greater. There's one who loves us more. There's one who didn't just get, didn't inconvenience our lives, but gave everything up for us. And that's Jesus. So on this Mother's Day, we celebrate all the things our mom has done for us. We celebrate the greatness of the King of Kings who gave everything for us. Father, we are um, on this day that we stop and we celebrate. And it's, it's weird. Moms do so much. They get a day. I mean, they just get a day. We're usually nicer. We show up for stuff. We're a little more patient. But that sounds like things we should be doing all the time. Lord, we are so grateful for our moms. We are more grateful that you gave them to us. Thank you for giving everything for us. So that we can have everything in this life we need. And all we really need is you. And if we have you, we have everything we need. But in your infinite wisdom... And love, you have blessed us with our moms, our grandmothers, our great-grandmothers. And sometimes we forget that you have blessed them with us. And we're just so thankful that you love us beyond the cross. We're thankful that on the cross you took a minute to make sure your mom was okay. We're thankful. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand now?